Wow, thank you guys. When I first moved to Africa in 1970, we lived way back in the forest, in the jungle. Elephants and chimpanzees and those kind of things were our neighbors. I moved there with my wife, and here's Esther. Esther, stand up. Moved there with my wife and my two small girls. And sometimes we would take off from our living quarters where we lived way in the jungle, only accessible by boat at that time, and go traveling, visiting village to village to village, sometimes six weeks at a shot, living in mud huts, trekking sometimes six hours, eight hours a day just to visit these folk. I would carry one of my girls under my back and my other kid would hold onto my pants pocket here as we would trek, memorizing scripture verses, trying to sing praises in the middle of a hardship for our little kids. And anyway, we would do this and uh, take bucket baths and all, all those kind of things. And so it, it was so neat when we finally were on our way back home where there was no electricity except our generator at night, and there was no running water unless I pumped it out of the well. But it was home. And folks, I am so glad to be here today because this is my home. Thank you. We are attending church in North Carolina, but we are thoroughly enjoying the streaming live services that come out of here. We love it, and we thank the church for doing this so much. The convention, the missions convention, my congratulations to Pastor Mike and his whole team. We sat in our living room and watched the mission convention and literally cried with joy as we saw our fellow missionaries presented and talking and testifying. It was a joy, and we appreciate it so much, especially because... At that time, we couldn't be here with you guys, but it was like you came to us, and we just really like it. And I want to say thank you to all of you who are on Facebook. I know the church is divided. Some think it's from the devil, and some think it's, you know, a heavenly gift or something. I'm, a, I'm on the heavenly gift side because I get to see babies that have been born to people in this church as they're on Facebook. I see kids that were little tiny kids when I was here. What? They're taller than their mom and dad now. This is a joy for Esther and me as we just share uh, on social media and uh, push the devil aside and just rejoice with everybody else. So thank you so much. Thank you, guys. The individuals out of this church are supporting us on a monthly basis. Our church mission board supports us on a mission uh, through missionary offerings on a monthly basis, and we just say thank you, thank you. I, I, I love it. Uh, Jody and I just went to Kenya. I announced it on Facebook that we're going to Kenya, and poof, just like that, our finances came in for our tickets. We were able to visit Kenya, do what we needed to do, travel in Kenya. We had two major conferences where our people supported the major conferences, and we have just been able to be a blessing in Kenya. So just thank you, guys. As I'm part of this church, this is my home. We're not far from you. 
in Carolina, but it is just good to be able to be here, sing with you, and worship with you here at this, this place. So right now, Esther and I are located, we're living in North Carolina in a mission called JARS, and this JARS is the main support for Wycliffe Bible Translators and Summer Institute of Linguistics, and in this place, my job is training young people for the work of missions, and so we enjoy that very, very much. Uh, Let's see my next one up here. I forgot. Oh, that, look at, this is one of my classes. These are classes. We have classes throughout the year. They last six weeks long. This, these are young adults. The average age in this particular class was 32 years of age, preparing themselves because they have heard the call of God and are going to serve the Lord in mission fields around the world. You see, some of the faces are blanked out because they cannot announce where they are going. They are going to most difficult Bibleless places in the world. And I, we get the chance and the privilege of helping them, preparing them spiritually, preparing them with lessons on how to learn a new language, preparing them how to adapt culturally to where they're going, and also how to work together in partnership with other missionaries, crossing generations, crossing cultural workers. So what a neat thing I get to do in my retirement years. I love it. The Lord didn't just put me somewhere in an old folks' home. Although on campus there's about 500 people, the majority are senior citizens, so that's cool. All right? So Jody and Michael want to say hi to you also. They send their special love and greetings. Jody and Michael Bunn. And Michael is still training young missionaries, candidates in uh, flying helicopters to remote areas. Sometimes it would take weeks to go where they can go in a couple of hours by helicopter. So this is an amazing, amazing tool to help and support our missionaries wherever they are in the world. So these are some of the things that we're, we're blessed with. Like I told you before, Jody and I just went to Kenya. We had... Uh, some conferences to attend to where hundreds of churches were gathered together. And we were part of a team of Africans. And it was just so cool to see the hand of the Lord bless. The Spirit of the Lord came upon us in these meetings. We saw people saved. We saw people healed. People were baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues and showing gifts of the Spirit. We had people that had been oppressed strongly by demonic influences that were delivered and These demonic influences removed from their life. So this was a great, 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 great joy. But of all the things that we're doing, we really enjoy working where we are at JARS to see people who don't have the Bible get a Bible translated in their own language. What a joy. You can go on to Facebook, on YouTube, and YouTube uh, search for tribe in Papua New Guinea gets Bible. And just watch these people dance and sing for joy as they get their Bibles in their own language. So this is so cool. We enjoy. The, one of the great things that I enjoy as an older brother in the Lord, notice I didn't say old. I know who I am. But I am thoroughly enjoying to see how God's call is coming upon this new generation. 
Sometimes people talk negatively about the new generation. I see beyond the negativity. I see God's hand is speaking. And even in a group like this, as I speak the word of the Lord, I know, I know out of this church, God is raising up young adults, young generation for the work of God to see that the gospel is preached in the whole world. So it's a real joy for me. This morning, I want to speak to you out of Acts chapter 13. So if you have your Bible and you want to go there, I want to talk to you about the Spirit-filled, a Spirit-led church. So I just thanked, I thanked the Lord that I was able to come home for this. I just appreciate Pastor Zarlengo and Diane very much. I appreciate seeing my fellow ministers here. What a joy it is. And to meet so many of you again. Uh, wow, it's so cool. I'm home. I feel it. It's so cool. I like it. Those are spirit-filled and spirit-led churches, what I want to talk to you about. I want to read to you out of Acts chapter 13. As I have spoken in this church before, I believe the book of Acts is not just a historical book. The book of Acts is a manual, a book of directions on how the Holy Spirit works in our churches and in our lives as we do missionary work. So what happens in the book of Acts is very good for us to study together as believers and then ask where God wants to implement these things into our own lives and into our own church. So Acts chapter 13 verse 1 starts with a church in Antioch. On the map you can see that Antioch was a place in Syria there was another Antioch way off there to the left. But the, talk, the one we're talking about is right here in Syria. You can see Jerusalem down here at the bottom. So some believers went up to Antioch and began preaching the, uh, the Bible to the people in Antioch. So in Acts 13, that's what he's starting with. And what is so cool in this Acts 13, look at the trans-generation, trans-cultural people. Trans-social people, look, look what he says. says, now there were at church in, at Antioch in the church that was there, prophets and teachers, Barnabas and Simeon, who was called Niger, the word Niger means black, and Lucius of Cyrene, Cyrene is a place in Africa, and Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod, the King Herod. Look at how, you know, social... Barriers were broken, and people were worshiping the Lord together. And then there was Saul. While they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, when they had fasted, the word they, they, they is a pronoun. When they had fasted, it could be the church or the leaders. When they had fasted and prayed, and laid their hands on them, on Barnabas and Saul. They, the church, sent them, Paul and Barnabas, Saul and Barnabas, away. Verse 4. So, being sent away by the, the, the church. What does your Bible say? Isn't that cool? In the verse prior to that, it said they were sent away by the church. But now, he says, they were sent away by the Holy Spirit. They went down to Seleucia and from there sailed to Cyprus. And when they reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. 
And they also had John as their helper. This would be John who wrote the Gospel of John. He's sometimes referred to as John Mark. He was either the nephew or the cousin of Barnabas. So we see a family tie here that he heard and saw what God was doing through Barnabas and Saul. And so he said, well, I want to join you guys too. Notice the term there. It says they had John Mark as their helper. You could circle the word helper because of the various words that were used to describe John Mark, the word helper, which means the lowest, most menial kind of helper. Sometimes it was translated as the under rower, the one who was at the bottom of the ship. He was the guy who was their helper. And when they had gone through the whole island as far as Paphos, they found a certain magician, a Jewish false prophet, whose name was Bar-Jesus. What a play here too, because the word Bar means son of. But his, you know, this is a false prophet, son of Jesus, but what? Not really here. Okay. And uh, they found a certain man who, and who was with the proconsul, which is a high government official named Sergius Paulus, a man of intelligence. This man summoned Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. But Elymas, the magician, for thus his name is translated, was opposing them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith. But Saul, who was known as Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, fixed his gaze on him. Can, can you mentally picture this? I mean, they're just talking to this government guy. And this magician comes over, starts talking their bad name and refusing to listen and interrupting. So Paul just kind of fixes his gaze. That's the terminology of that just kind of a, those kind of guys that kind of look through you. You ever see those people that see into you? It feels like it. He fixed his gaze on him and said, You who are full of deceit and fraud, you son of the devil. Wow. You enemy of all righteousness. Will you not cease to make crooked the straight ways of the Lord? And now. Behold, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you will be blind and not see the sun for a time. Boy, there's the grace of God there in that guy's life. That word, for a time, I tell you. And immediately a mist and a darkness fell upon him, and he went about seeking those who would lead him by the hand. Isn't that amazing? The hand of the Lord is upon you. Wow. You see, I don't believe in luck, good luck, or bad luck. I believe in the hand of the Lord. And either the hand of the Lord is upon you for good, or the hand of the Lord is upon you for bad. Boy, I don't want to be in a place where the hand of the Lord is against me. Do you? Boy, who can stand? Huh. Man. Okay, verse 12. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had happened, being amazed at the teaching of the Lord. 
Now Paul and his companions put out to sea from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia. And John left them and returned to Jerusalem. The word left here is a word that is used uh, for um, military people. And it's a, a word of desertion. It's a word of desertion. John left them. And I'm, I wonder why it happened to John. Why did John Mark leave him? And uh, I think that word, they had John Mark as their servant or as their helper. There's a key there. Because John Mark probably had in his mind that he was going with Uncle Barney to go preaching, see the miracles of God and dead rise, raised to life and handkerchiefs being passed out to people and wonderful. Who wouldn't like to join that group? But he had, he was their helper. So who was going to wash the clothes of, John, of Barnabas and so, John Mark, hey, John, go wash those clothes. Hey, John, fix breakfast for us tomorrow morning. We, don't, we want good hot coffee and Jewish cinnamon rolls or something. John Mark. And it got to him so that eventually he said, no, 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 this isn't what I want. Uh, scholars tell us that it was in that interval of time after he left Saul, uh, Saul and Barnabas that he wrote the gospel of John and that's when he really got to know Jesus and finally Paul could say at the end, bring John Mark to me. He is of great prophet. So that's a cool, I like, I like seeing that word there. All right. So in this passage of scripture that is before us, there's four things that I want to bring to your attention as we just look at this passage quickly now. The first thing I want you to see is the design of the church here. This kind of church. Remember, my theme today is a spirit-led, a spirit-filled church. What do we see about this? What did you see in this church in, in Acts 13? It says that this church was working together. It didn't matter what generation they were. It didn't matter what cultural difference there was. didn't matter the social distancing. These guys were working together. What a neat picture of a church. It didn't matter to them uh, who the other person was. They said, this is very important for us to be spirit-led. The other thing that I see in this uh, passage, it says, they were, pray they were praying and they were fasting. You know, one of the areas that we constantly need more of, and you, you would all testify to it. I need more prayer in my life. I need more fasting in my life. This was characteristic of this church. This was a spiritual church. And that's my encouragement to us also. This was the design of this church. This church was a missionary church. Did you see that in this passage of Scripture? Separate unto me, the Holy Spirit says, these two workers for the work that I've called them. And the church did it. They said, okay, you guys, we see God's hand on you for this. It's time for you to go. It's time for you to go. So this was a missionary church. This was the makeup of this church, the design of this church. Look in this passage of Scripture at the demands of the local church as a spirit-led church. 
One of the demands that faced this church was the fact that these two guys, Saul and Barnabas, were key leaders in the church. So the Holy Spirit is saying to a church, I want these men who are leaders for them to go. Oh, what? We need these guys here. What? Don't you see what the, these men are ministering, prophecy, speaking, preaching, teaching? They need to be here. The Holy Spirit said, no, no. They need to be there. So a church, a local church, has to be ready to give up their best so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can get out to everybody else. Wonderful thing here. Look at this as far as the demand of the worker. They had to have the call. The Holy Spirit said, separate unto me these two workers whom I have called. So much in life and ministry today is a profession. And let me just encourage all of you, oh, hear the voice of the Lord in your life. This is not a profession. This is a calling. A young lady just recently now and her husband went to accept a pastorate in Raleigh, North Carolina. She called our home to talk to us about it. She's a professional teacher. And in Raleigh, a public school system was ready to hire her with a good salary and good remuneration and all the stuff that comes in public schools. The church also called her where her husband was to be a pastor and said, we really need help in our office. Would you please come and help us in our office? And the difference financially was huge. The public school was offering this. The church said, this is what we can offer you. So as she talked to us, the advice came to her that said this, you have to hear the voice of the Lord tell you what to do. If God says, go to the public school, go with confidence. Be a blessing. Be a light. Be a witness to Jesus in the public school. But if you hear the Lord say, go to this church, you will never say, oh, I got less salary here. Look what I'm giving up. Because you have heard the call of the Lord. So important. All right. So that's the demand. I love it. Look at the difficulties they face right here in this passage. As they go out preaching the gospel of Jesus, the home church could say, oh, we don't want these guys to go. The mom and dad could say, oh, we don't want these people to do this. The grandmas and the grandpas could say, how will we see our grandchildren when they go? So one of the difficulties that is faced in the workers of God and missions is that of breaking home ties. I'll never see you again. My own grandfather told me when I left for Africa with two small babies, if I had a way to take your children from you, I would, he said. This is difficult to face. I have met people who said, I can't do it because of my family. Look at the, another great difficulty here. Satanic opposition. This guy was a magician. I'm going to tell you right now, anytime you decide I'm going to follow Jesus, this is the course that I'm going to follow, you will get opposition. Hear me? Because if you say yes, you never can say you never heard this. If you as a young person say, I hear the voice of the Lord speaking to me, go. I'm going to tell you now, you will face opposition. 
Be ready for it. Anytime you decide to follow the Lord, anytime you make a decision to, to obey the Lord, it happens to us in a church, to everybody here. It happens to you. Make a decision. Okay, in our home, we're going to go to church every Sunday. Ah, oh, guess what? COVID comes. Oh, we're going to tithe. Oh, guess what? A big bill comes to your house. Or you got to buy a new car or whatever. You will face it. But you've got to stand firm with the difficulties. All right. The other thing I see in this passage, I wrote in my notes here, fickle friendship. John Mark said, I'm going to go with you guys. A little bit of trouble, a little bit of difficulties he faced. And what does he do? He turns tail and runs. And it's true. When you stand up for God and make a decision to follow God, sometimes you will stand alone. You can't depend on other people. How blessed are you if you have a wife or a husband who stands holding your hand and says, let's do this together. That's good. All right, so there's the design, the demands, and the difficulties. I can't quit without talking about the delights. One of the greatest things that I see here is the call of God. I heard the call of God when I was 12 years old. This is what you're going to be, Rich. I knew it. I was tested in it. I stuck with it. And I am so glad. This is a great delight in my life. To know the call of the Lord. Another great delight that I see in this passage is a home church. <laughs> I love it. I'm part of this church. You are part of me. I'm part of you. We are part of this church. Here, the Holy Spirit said something. The church said, yes, let's do this together. <laughs> How wonderful it is. I, st I went to Kenya now. Just a couple of weeks ago. I was in Kenya, and as I stood up to preach my first message, the Holy Spirit came on me. I said, this is the Holy Spirit. I'm not just sent by a local church. I am backed by the Holy Spirit's power. It was so marvelous, you guys. It was wonderful. And to see it, the confidence and the blessing and the joy of that. I love the idea in this story. There was definite power. When Paul said to that guy, you're going to be blind. Guy. In the Old Testament, Elijah said, it's not going to rain. It didn't rain. I mean, this is a wonderful thing. I, I have witnessed something. You hear my testimony. I don't know if you can prove it or not prove it, but listen to my testimony. I have found that in ministry, when you are away from your home in other places, there is an evidence of God's power that is so beautiful. I love it. Jesus himself said, a prophet has no honor. Where? In his own country, in his own home. So if you don't have honor here, you know what I suggest you do? Go out somewhere. Get out of here and go do something in, in Africa or South America or something. And then you will say, whoa, this is amazing. And I speak to, as an older brother, listen. I'm officially retired. I know my age. And I know what direction my body is going. But it is such a joy to say, God, you lead me. God, you empower me. You help me. And he does it. And I love it. And my challenge to older folk is just don't retire in a retirement home. Let that home stay there. Get up and do something and then come home and recuperate. That's not bad. That's good. So, that's good. 
In uh, Acts chapter 13, the conclusion of of that chapter in verse 52, look at it. It says, and the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. You hear the word continually? I like it. I don't want to be a servant of the Lord who used to be filled. I want that joy. I want that continual feeling. And this comes as we obey the word of the Lord. Who will go for us? Whom shall we send? Here am I, Lord. Send me. All right. That's the conclusion of what I have to say. So now let me just put it into our feet and our action. In this church right now, I just know there are some of you who have heard the call of the Lord. Even before your church sees it, you know it. Listen to me. Obey him. Do what he's telling you to do little by little by little by little by little. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Listen to him. You will be so filled with joy and satisfaction. So in a minute, I'm going to give you a chance to respond to his call on your life. But not to you, Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle. I have the inside blessing of being a member of this church. We are together. But it takes you. It takes you to respond. Like when I put on Facebook, I I need to go to Kenya. I'm on retirement. I don't have that kind of money to go to Kenya. Plus, they wanted help over there to support a conference and to pay for people to travel. I don't have that kind of stuff. But you guys, when you just read my little Facebook individually and my church mission board, They said, here, Rich, we can help you. And Jody and I went fully equipped financially. That's the word sent them away, by the way. It says they sent them. The word sent means to outfit. And as a church, COVID doesn't control our thinking. What we are going through politically doesn't control our thinking, you guys. We must obey the word of the Lord as a church, ascending church. Hearing the voice of the Lord that says, send these workers, provide for these workers, bless these workers, encourage these workers. We must do that as a church. So, in a minute, these guys are going to sing. As they are singing, I don't want everybody to stand. But if you know in your heart of hearts, I have heard the Lord. And today, I'm just repeating, I'm affirming to Him, I am here. When you're ready, When I'm ready, Lord, I am here. I want you to stand up. And then as a church, because we're going to be mixed together, as a church, again, as Smithtown Gospel Tabernacle, if you're an attendee or a member or whatever, you're here today. And you hear the voice of the Lord saying, as a church, I will be a sending member of this church. Let God use us as a church to see the gospel in places where there is no gospel. So listen to their song. And as they're singing, if this is your affirmation, you stand up. Holy me, Lord, I will follow. Lead me, have called me 
individual. Lead me, Lord. my will to be aligned with yours. So look at this church. Look at the individuals who are standing here. As we just affirm to you again, Lord, lead us. We want that blessing of knowing we are following you, of doing what you want us to do as a church and as individuals. So I know who I am as a minister of yours, and I bless these people in the name of Jesus. I bless them. In obedience, we are standing before you, Almighty God. You got to open the doors. You have to show us. You have to guide our steps. But here we are. Use us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.